0: Welcome to the Safety Doc Podcast with author, radio host, and nationally recognized safety expert, Dr. David Perodin. Join us each week as we discuss the best and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. Follow Dr. Perodin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe. Hey, everybody. It is Dr. David Perodin here with the Safety Doc podcast this is an impromptu microphone yeah. podcast. um podcast so um yeah let's give it a minute or two to get a couple people in the room and move the book so people can see it and order it and buy it and leave reviews which we need them to do be right professional I'm going to try something else. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that didn't work either. Damn it. All right. Yeah. Nothing like a professional show here, folks. So, hey, Bull Rush, thanks for coming over. Not sure what happened over at Masculine Geek as I got knocked off hey Nick also glad to see you guys here so um, yeah apparently that just went to hell what I'm doing back here I'm just gonna get this out of here oh my god who the hell cares all right, guys Uh, let me tell you a story about this got a couple really cool stories to share today but this is a microphone flag right so you put this over and you know whatever but uh, yeah made that out of cardboard paper Costs like 80 bucks if we order them. But anyway, a uh, couple of things. Saw face validity, right? Saw a lot of police out today. Like a lot of police. Um, not only local police, but the county patrolling like my neighborhood and stuff like that. So that's different because for like a week I didn't see any. And uh just something good that started out of uh bull rush. Yeah, I knew when I knew when they got John in. <laughs> And <laughs> he started to bring out that shark and stuff like that. That show was not going to last long. Even though the YouTube censors are stressed right now, they've got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of people calling in sick. That show's getting booted. But uh yeah, no. What appreciation for everything that a masculine geek is and Rob, hasn't he gone through like a hundred earthquakes or like you know aftershocks? Hey, Sir Bowden online. Oh. F- from New York City. Thanks, uh, thanks, uh Brian for showing up. So I appreciate that. And uh Bull Rush, Nick. So, guys, anyway, this is this is my camcorder. Um, it's a canon. I've got this thing back like five years ago, and I just hated it, right? Just freaking hated this damn thing because the screen was always like dim. And it wasn't until like a couple days ago I went online to watch a tutorial and realized I could change the setting. So, yeah thing i never used it's actually not too bad i'm gonna get a mic for it so um something else like we were gonna travel to disney and i ordered a battery pack and actually rob uh from rob says make sure you get a battery pack for your phone you know so you can recharge it so this is what i ordered off of anchor and and i'm just gonna show you guys so this charges up and then you can charge your phone with it but um if you try to get this through tsa looks like a bomb right looks like dynamite (laughs) I mean, looks like plastic explosives. Who the hell is going to let you <laughs> carry this? Or if you're sitting at Disney at a table and you plug your phone into this, you don't think security is going to be over in like, you know, 30 seconds saying, sir, what what do you got there? It's a battery charger. Why is it red and why does it look? I don't, I don't know. I ordered it red because I thought if I took it biking, like, uh, and it, you know, I wiped out and had this happen, like I, my bag, my biking bag, everything fell out, out on uh, the side of the road and it's hard to find the stuff that, that didn't stand out. So that was my only thinking. I didn't think, yeah, it probably isn't good to bring something that looks like plastic explosives with me, um, to Disney. So actually I ordered another one, <laughs> a smaller one and it's blue. <laughs> so this thing will only get use for biking and that's it. But I just thought it was a funny story. Cause I'm like, God, there's no way in hell I can carry that thing around with me. I'm going to end up like getting questioned. Um, so Hey, let's look at the, the chat guys. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, coming out tonight i got my my lighting's kind of all messed up here god um the problem is it's a really cool tripod i use it for other things so um anyway um nick howdy and yes you're going to be on the safety dog podcast because i want to know what went down in washington when we're telling college students get out of here you've only got like you know a short amount of time and see you later so all of the help is provided by the university like, gone. And by the way, I'm, like, wearing this because it's still cold. It's it's like 59 degrees down here in the studio, so I've got the, the, the jacket on. Uh, so, uh, Bullrush. Um, welcome. Um, uh, Brian, welcome. Yeah, always a player. No face validity in my neck of New York City yet. Um, Nick, uh, nothing in Washington yet. Um, yeah, Nick's similar to battery backpacks, no problem. Nick, are they bread? <laughs> maybe it's just me i'm like it just it looks wrong like if it would have been black ordering it red though it just looks like people be like what's wrong with that um but yeah so everybody nick nick schuliner is going to be on the show really soon in the next few days and we're going to talk about uh, what he experienced um up in, in washington state from the university when they shut the university down how rapidly they told all the students to leave and just how they shut down you know the programs and, and stuff like that which kind of goes against what the university is all about, right? We've got all of these counselors and programs, and we'll help you through. And then when it was shut down, it's like, see you later, like out of here. So just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, they're both. So Nick's uh, chargers are both black. Um, oh, yeah, Nick, it's got to coordinate with school schedule. Okay. So, anyway, get this, get this. So I'm outside. And, uh, you know, doing, doing some, some work in my yard, putting the, the hitch on my, or putting the bike carrier on my, uh, on my car, because I, I, uh, the place that fixes my bike is an essential service. Um, they, they got to stay open because of transportation or whatever. I'll tell you about that. That was kind of a freaky setup. But, uh, so anyway, um, one of my neighbors like stops over and, um, gets, you know, he's out on the road. so. 20 feet away, and he's like, Hey, I just thought I should tell you our entire family's been quarantined. I'm like, what? Yeah, like, you know, um, we just got back from a definite hotspot of where all the stuff is going on, and we're quarantined for 14 days. So, you're probably gonna see me outside doing a lot of stuff because I'm gonna go stir crazy otherwise, but otherwise, yeah, you know, don't stop over and stuff like that. Yeah, no problem, no problem on that. I got the don't stop over part, but. So I'm kind of thinking here. So are they going to um he did that on his own, like he just you know, shared that information, but are we going to know? I mean, and also the way that it works in my neighborhood is that house um is further along the line of where postal delivers deliveries, you know, happen, you know, the post office people they're they're there before they're at my house. So I'm thinking this, this doesn't sound good, right? This does not sound good. Um, Yeah. And he he was, you know, was pretty, pretty vague on some of the other things. And apparently is, you know, they were with a group of people and now this whole group of people is quarantined and the whole deal. But I mean, so I'm like, damn it. Like, you know, it's just, oh yeah, I don't know. So yeah, I was actually going to borrow something (laughs) from him. At, at one point, and I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let that I'll let that ride, but uh, but yeah, so you know, it's it's starting to hit home. Um, so, um Brian, in the quarantine area in New Rochelle, and they started New York, uh, NYS, seem to have yielded positive results, cases down. Yeah, I I saw that. I saw in the news that um, you know New York um, seems to be having some you know success, and um, I I definitely. I mean, we've ratcheted up here. Like our our governor yesterday said safer at home, which is just a nice way to say really like stay at home and then shut down the essential non-essential services, which is really maddening um, because, you know, like our small engines place got shut down. So. You know, it's a it's a mom and pop place. It's been here since I've been here, you know, 15 plus years. And you got to wonder, are these places going to open up again? Are they going to make it through? So, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's crazy stuff. Um, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, my neighbor just just casually, you know, out on out on the street, you know, you just stay where you're at. But yeah, the entire family and his big family is a lot of kids. Um, we're all quarantined. Like, oh, jeez, you got to be got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. So yeah, here's, here's what they have to do though. I asked him, I said, you got to do anything. He said, yeah, we have to, we're, we're told to, yeah, I observed for all of the symptoms, you know, but also, um, to smell something like once a day, like a bar of, of soap or something like that. And then, um, to put salt and sugar, um, you know, to taste salt and sugar, right. That's what they're told to do. Like once a day, like you don't want to do this like once an hour once a day and because that's early symptoms is what they found is people lose the sense of smell and taste um and you know so that's that's something they've been told to do but otherwise yeah not not too much um so all right um so yeah brian wrote i think it's smart to let your postal worker know that the family is quarantined so they could take a different action with their mail see that's a great question like i i agree with you brian um I I how does this get communicated out? Because it does seem there should be something, or even some. I you know, you almost think should there be some kind of sign, (laughs) right? Because if anybody comes up, or they're a FedEx deliver delivery person, or UPS, if they're coming up to the house, yet like, are we going to get to the point where you're going to have a sign? You would just you know a PDF you print off and and put outside of saying you know this this house is quarantined which they used to do right back you know in the 40s 50s i think even even 60s those type of things the printers were really slow back then but uh but yeah it, it seems like that type of information should get out there or even if someone is delivering right to a house where people are quarantined it seemed like that's information that we have to have some way of of conveying but you know it's I don't know how, well, I know how to do it. I don't know how to do it in today's political climate where you wouldn't be identified as singling somebody out, but it seems like we're beyond that point. Right? If you're in quarantine, it just seems that other people, postal carriers, um, delivery people, stuff like that should know. Um, so yeah, Nick wrote, uh, Hey doc, do you know, if Skype allows you to stream directly to YouTube? Um, I don't, if anybody knows, let me, let me know. I'm trying to do like a live stream with multiple people. And the problem is I can't use StreamYard because for some reason it blue screens my system, which isn't that old and it was custom built, but it always blue screens it. So I'm kind of like out of luck with that. Let me give you an update on face validity. So I already talked about going out and the police are like everywhere, right? Um, it's just, I didn't see them for like five days. And today, you know, I'm seeing like every police vehicle ever known to man, you know, it's, it's just crazy. And, uh, really, you know, and they're parked in strategic like places they are doing some sweeps, but I'm like, this is, so this has changed. Like this directive is, has changed. Um, the hospital was, was the parking lot was pretty full today. I captured some video of it, but it was raining outside. So, um, I decided not to try to, to cut it into a video. Um, but but yeah, so that was pretty busy. Um, saw, you know, more activity at the, at the stores. So again, I was out a few days ago and did face validity. And so things are busier. And again, that was on a weekend. This is on a weekday. So, but yeah, things were a little bit busier, definitely at the hospital. But face validity. So here's what people are telling me. Like in Texas, they're having, you know, more orders to stay at home but, you know, going out for essential things. Uh, we have relatives in California and they're saying, um, you know, they've, they've tightened it up to the point where they're, you know, going in some neighborhoods house to house and and really encouraging people to stay home. Um, and then, you know, other areas where it's still pretty, pretty wide open. So, I mean, you can, you can kind of write what you, you know, what's going on for you, but, uh, but yeah. So, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though, and, and I've got good intel on this. We <laughs> got really good intel. Um, there. So if you look at what's happening in Israel, for example, um, there is the ability, right, to uh, take your your phone and your GPS from your vehicle and to know where you're at at any time. And that probably happens anyway, and that information gets sold. But now it's getting to the point where if people don't take the quarantine um, directives and decrees and actually follow through on those, what's going to happen is they're going to be told, you know, listen, if you're going out into the community, uh, you know, we're going to, we're, we're going to know it, right? Because we know your phone, we know your GPS. And here's something I thought about, right? What would it take to get a message, you know, on your, your GPS or through your OnStar, whatever, saying, listen, you know, you, during this 14 day, you've got this much time to be out. You've got to return to this area. And also, here's here's another part. Um, some talking to the neighbor who's quarantined, and he said, like they um, I don't know who the they is. I guess it's like the the health department or whoever like uh met with them, but their their activity records would be traced backwards for like two or three weeks. And they didn't have to provide anything. They were just told basically like your, so this tracing of who did you come in contact with? Like that was out there. All right, we have one thumbs up. So like if you can get up there and hit the thumbs up button and if you're not subscribed to the show, please subscribe. But yeah, I appreciate that because um, pause here. The safety doc podcast, safetyphd.com, safetyphd.com, 123 episodes, awesome guests, cool topics. Now that I've got the camcorder working, we're going to be out in the field more. It's going to be really good. So keep the show going. Um, I appreciate it. And, like, uh, yeah. So I retired in June. I've got a lot of time to do this. Um, but anyway, uh, safetyphd.com, check out. Uh, damn it. Um, School of Airs. Hey, it's my book. Yes, it is my book. Apparently, the uh, publisher slashed it to like 15 bucks as Kindle version on Amazon right now. So it's a good deal because it's usually like 20 or 30 hard copy is still 30, but it's actually a hard copy. Good book. First. Gosh, first chapter. How to how thinking about a bagel can get you through the worst day of your life. So, um yeah. So, all right, Bullrush. Yeah, I I got to figure this out. I got to figure out the streamyard hitch of what's happening with my system here. And of course, there's like nobody to, to kind of help me with this because all the tech people are are off. So, um, all right, let's see. Bullrush. Uh, they decided to not vote on it when they caught word that several local groups on Facebook were coordinating armed disobedience if the order was passed. So I was going to for a uh, home order. Get this, guys. So I live next to Dane County, which is Madison, Wisconsin, our state capital. And um, two days ago on their, their website, the, the county website, you could submit if someone was assembling in a large group and basically all the information you had, who it was, where they're assembling, all of this stuff. And basically, um, you know, then the police would go either try to break it up or find these people. So it was telling everybody. It, and so what was happening, right, is people start going around and they're trying to look for groups. The opposite thing you don't want to have happen. And this is just crazy mentality. They took the site down the next day. So there's no, nothing left of it, but we're not far from having those type of things of like, Hey, you know, report on your neighbor, what your neighbor is doing. Or they, they, yeah, five people are in the backyard, you know, cooking steaks or something like that. It's going to get weird in that regard. And from an enforcement standpoint, I mean, if you can just turn it over to people and, and say, you know, here's a little bit of power for you to go and to police this, on, on your own. And then we can come in and thanks for the tips. There's a lot of people that kind of buy that, right. Of Kind of being pseudo deputized, deputized. So it's just, it's crazy stuff. So yeah. So face validity, I, I, I go in and I drop my bike off. So it's a little town and I have to go into Dane County to do it. So I'm gonna have to cross County line. And, uh, this town is like road construction. It's just frigging crazy. Like this whole, I, I go around big gravel piles and stuff like that with my car. I'm like, it's better be worth it. I, so these guys are like hippies from the 60s. Like these, these two dudes that run this bike place, they've had this thing for like 40 years They're really cool. And I always like going in the shop, they've got really cool stuff. There's great guys. And I pull up and, uh, you know, my bike is on the, on the back in the bike rack. And, uh, one of the guys comes out, and he's like, Hey, I need you to like, stay where, where you're at. And, uh, I'm like, really, really Andrew, come on, man. No no it's, it's the way it's the order it has to be and so they took the bike off and then you stand there so what what do you need done I said well I got it re- written down like there's a couple things a couple of gears I needed a few things um, I've I've got it like all here so like I had to put the piece of paper it is really weird stuff especially when you you got kind of the and not anti-government but not aligned to the government hippies they're really good guys so But like these, they're not the people I would expect to like be this vigilant on it, but it was, it was really an eye opener. And I was like, yeah, I mean, so, you know, they went, took the bike off the back. I was always like 10 feet from them, took it in. Hey, we're really busy right now. We'll give you a call when it's done. But I don't know, I'm just glad they're open, but it's just a really weird experience. Just a really, cause I thought I would go in there, all this stuff, but yeah, things are, things like that are getting really weird. (laughs) And, like, you go in, like, you know, you go someplace, um, like, these convenience stores that are open, and you order a coffee. And now it's this whole production, right? They, like, wash their hands in front of you, you know, at the sink so you can see it. And then they go get the coffee. They put gloves on. They give you the coffee. And then there's, like, a bell. Like, every eight minutes or something, a bell rings, and they have to stop. So if you're in line, you just got to wait. And then they go, and then they spray things down with Lysol and wipe stuff down and, like, wipe the keypad down and whatever. I mean, whatever it is. And the door handles. And then everything starts again for another eight minutes. It's just, it's just weird. Like it just really is, is strange. But again, we're into this a couple of weeks now and people are trying to figure out like better or safer ways to do things. So this is a step there. It's not quite to what it will look like maybe in a week or two. Just like when we started off with all those drive-through testing things, remember that? Like, we're going to drive through, you're going to drive through this tent and, you know, people are going to stick a swab down your nose and throat and test you for the virus. Yeah, that, you know, that was doomed to fail. <laughs> that just didn't make sense, but it was an early reaction. Let's check over here in the chat room. Um, all right, um, Brian, uh, good news is that uh, doctors have tested the Quill Zithro medication within two, three hours of administration. lungs cleared. And on a uh, road to full recovery. Yeah. I've been hearing, I've been hearing that too. Um, and I, th- I think we're going to, we're going to have more coming out on, on, you know, treatments, not vaccines, of course, but I mean, treatments that are, that are going to be effective, um, in this. So that's, that's pretty cool. Bull rush. Yeah. Give me the book. I'll sign it. I've got the special stamp, the safety doc stamp that it, the books that I sign, I also use this. Ugh. mount Blanc pen right here so this is the one i use when i sign books so it's the most expensive pen i own i bought it used actually uh my friend who's a pen connoisseur um picked this one out for me at a a secondhand place and then i was able to buy it kind of weird but actually the reason you, you do this as an author is then the ink doesn't fade and deteriorate like this uh you know, just over time, it's, it's kind of out of respect for people that buy your book that you're not signing it with a hotel room pen. <laughs> like this, like this baseball I got here from uh, this baseball that I had signed. Um, there we go. Up in, up in Superior. Uh, what, not Superior, up in Duluth when I threw out the opening pitch and uh, it was all faded. There's like no light down here except when, when I'm, when I'm down here. So it was just, yeah. Hey man, we'll sign it, you know, with like a ballpark, you know, this is a basic pen. So um hey, I wanted to stay with me for this. This is really cool. So there Russell Akoff, um a well, I'll just type his name. This is where I get into spelling my like, Russ Akoff. Russ is that with an L or one L or two L's or because he spells the name of three L's or um Russell Akoff. So yeah. Um so, so Russell Aikoff um, was like a, a futurist, like an engineer, design type guy. Really cool dude, um, kind of like a Frank Lloyd Wright type mind. Uh, he, you know, so he, in the 1950s, he talked about working at Bell Labs. Okay, so Bell Labs, the phone people, like everybody's, you know, the phone networks were largely Bell. There were others in there too, but I mean, so Bell Labs, Bell Labs in the 1950s, we think of phone and the, the title of this article, and I guess I can share it. I, I'm not, I don't know how this will actually work, but there it is. Um, yeah. Okay. So I just posted a link to it. It's a really good article. And I learned of this years ago and I bought the book, idealized design. So it talks about how bell labs imagine the future. So of, of phones. So let me go. I'm going to read, um, read what happened here. So, so this is, this is Russell Akoff, um, telling, telling this story again. So he's an engineer with Bell labs at that time. He's probably, you know, like 30 years old. This is in early, you know, 1950s. So he said, you know, we arrived at a typical, so what happened is Bell labs called, um, all of their head engineers from all over the U S and said, you know, you have, uh, 48 hours and you need to get to our headquarters. And we, we have, you know, big news to share with you. And that was it. So everyone's like, God, I mean, what's, what's happening? We're going to like lose our jobs. Is, are we merging? Like, what is this? I mean, every, nobody knew. Nobody knew. It's just like wherever you're at, drop what you're doing. You have 48, 48 hours. You got to be here. So here's what, he, here's what he wrote. So he goes, we arrived at a typical classroom that held, held about 40 people, and it was almost full. The vice president was not there yet, nor did he appear on time. Yeah, nice. Nice. Make him wait. Make him wait. This was very unusual. He was a big man, extroverted. Um, he could not be near someone without punching, pitching, uh, pinching, pushing, hugging, or pounding them on the back. Interesting. About 10 minutes after the hour, the door to the room squeaked open. All eyes turned to this man. He was obviously very upset. He was a pasty gray. He bent over. He kind of shuffled in. He mounted the platform, the podium. He put his elbows on it and he just, he just started to look down. So he's like, oh, something really bad. happened. Something bad happened. It's kind of like when Masculine Geeks podcast went to hell tonight. What happened? So anyway, the room totally went silent, dead silent, dead silent. So all these engineers like Russell Aikoff, they're like, this is bad. This guy's like having a breakdown. So finally this, the head guy looks up, he's he looks up and he says, gentlemen, the telephone system of the United States was destroyed last night. And then he looks down again. So, you know, they're like, all right, we know it really wasn't, but, um, You know, people are kind of whispering around. So what's up with this guy? Like, you know, you don't believe the phone system was destroyed last night. It's still working. Right. But uh, so anyway, this, 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 the president, you know, the the company comes on again and he, you know, he starts talking with rage. He's like, the telephone system was destroyed last night. You better believe it. And if you don't by noon, you'll be fired. So he's basically telling these engineers, like everything's destroyed. Like everything's gone. Everything is, as, as you knew, the way that we wired phones, the way that we made phones, um the 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 system of rotary uh, like this whole thing like everything's gone so then um you know of course you know it's not authentic right because everybody knows but what he said is here's the deal he said I want I want all of you to create the phone system as it should be not the way as it evolved and then it got all these extra crap like put onto it that we didn't need and we're not evolving fast enough he's like just use whatever you can use like use whatever you can use um, and, and come up with this. So I'm just going to, I'm not going to read anymore. I'm just going to kind of summarize some of these things though. So this is when some of the engineers that broke up into teams and they were given something like 30 days, right? 30 days, come back in 30 days and tell me what you've got for a, a new phone system. Anything goes right. So um, some of some of these engineers, again, these, you know, young guys, like in their twenties and thirties, they go off and, and one is at a university. So, so they, um, and the calculator was just starting to, to be you know, something back then, you know, the early model calculators. So he said, you know, what if inst- if we did, what if we did this, this calculator deal instead of a dial pad? What if we did that for phones? Nobody did that. Nobody had a touch, you know, so they actually created that. They started to test it with people. Lo and behold, it was faster and it was more accurate. Right. So then they came up with stuff of like, wouldn't it be cool if like when somebody called you, you actually knew the number or knew who it was? Caller ID. It started out of this, this meeting, this chaos meeting, right? Where everything was just thrown out. Um, you know, so that was gone. Wouldn't it be cool if like more than one people, you know, a person could be on the phone at a time? Conference calling, conference calling came out of this. Um, so I mean, all of this stuff, right? that we just take for granted, you know, with, well, now phones have gone cellular, but really like when we were growing up, like 80s and 90s, that was all stuff that came out of this meeting with Bell Labs, Idealized Design. So, I mean, take that link and read it. It's absolutely amazing. So the part of that though, that, you know, I think we have to look at today that applies to us right now, right? Is... This is a moment of great disruption. This is a moment where everything can kind of be thrown off, and we can say, Yeah, there, you know, what if we do this different for the way that you know food is delivered, the way that education is delivered, that we do telehealth? What if we, you know, what if we do this? What if we do these other things? Um, it is just amazing, right? It's it's liberating. And the fact that a lot of the regulations have kind of been pushed aside by the Stafford Act and people are being uh, rewarded for being innovative, like right now. Well, what if we had 3D printer open software there where we could print like ventilator parts and we could print this and we could print some of this stuff? And it's like, yeah. So whatever industry you're in right now, you know, uh, you know, Nick and you know, Bull rush guys, I mean, whatever, whatever industry or, or, or friends or, you know, services you're in, think of the way that you can evolve those. Think of the opportunities in those. I mean, f- flat out. I'll give you an example. So um, I teach a university class, right? And, and I teach it this semester. Um, my students starting tomorrow morning at 745 here for the, for the doc, um, they're going to, they're going to do their next assignment uh, via Zoom, Right, which I learned about thanks to Nick Schuler. So, Nick, zung, thank you for that, buddy. Um, they're doing their their assignments by Zoom. So they each have uh, twenty minutes on the clock. We schedule it out. Um, they come in the you know Zoom. I don't have to I don't have to grade papers. I don't have to uh, I don't have to, to dork with this stuff of uh, scanning papers and getting them back. You know which I did ever since I've been teaching for for years at the university level. I don't have to mess with that stuff, right? And it's, it's better. It's better if they can actually convey. And I know that they authentically, I can ask them questions, right? Otherwise I'm, I just get a paper and a class is done and I'm, I don't, I don't know. I can't ask you a clarifying question. I'm not sure. I had one person. They didn't even do the assignment. They did their own assignment. It didn't even match a rubric, but this is really cool. Like this is, this disruption wouldn't have happened though, because university would be like, no, everybody's got to do this. It's gotta be APA style. I mean, my last syllabus my last syllabus was 18 pages long. 10 pages of that was required by the university. Some of it was federal government stuff. So, I mean, it's just insane, but yeah, I'm like, I don't, you know, APA. Yeah, I get it. Like you can, anybody can look that up. I can look it up in a second right now. How to APA cite something. And generally with APA, there's so many examples out there, but if you're close, it's good enough. Unless you're doing a book, like, don't worry about it. I mean, just cite your sources. Yes, but yeah, like that's it. Don't worry about it. So Anyway, that's, I'm doing that tomorrow. And for me, this is great. Um, let me, let me check over here in the, in the chat. Um, yeah. Uh, Brian forced into it. Um, all my clients uh, had, had to postpone. Um, talking about using, using Zoom, uh, you know. So um, Brian, if I, if you go to the Pro Zoom monthly, you can use Zoom to stream to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I've, I looked at that. I think it's like 14 14.99 a month, which is good. I just got to make sure like I'm going to use it enough um to get my money um out of it cuz like the podcast here not sponsored by anyone although it airs over there on the 405media.com but uh so this really isn't a it just it's it's a hobby it's a, it increases my knowledge base really actually the podcast um Helps also for expert witness work uh, to build my, my background skills. And I love it. And I'm actually going to like do so much more here with the podcast. It's going to be awesome. Um, Yeah. Nick, I'll check it. Yeah. (laughs) Bullrush, right. There's a program that can rip info for citations. This stuff is like all, it can be automated right now. Or if you really, 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 really had to do something like a dissertation, like I hired an editor to do like the APA site stuff. Like I had it all down on, you know, like a spreadsheet. And I just said, like, make sure this all matches APA and paid, I don't know, 100 bucks or something. <laughs> I mean, so this stuff is antiquated, right? It's like, you know, it's like learning cursive. I mean, I don't know the last time I've written cursive. Now, with a pen like that, I will sign your book in cursive. Don't worry about it. You get me the book, I'll sign it It'd be really nice, it's really good. Whatever anything you want me to write in there, man, just get it. Hey, you know, that's I've 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 got it. Yeah, I've I've got it. Good luck at your your new location, but you know, whatever it is. Um, so anyway, hey, that idealized design though. I think we're in this 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 mode. And if you propose stuff, right? If you propose some ideas out there to your employer or to your clients. So I also have a number of clients that I, I work with. Um And, you know, all over, all over the country. So, you know, a lot of the stuff was already webinar type based or zoom, but like, I'm looking at this thing, what has happened right now will change professional development for their staff going forward, at least for the next six months. That's totally going to change. I can get ahead of that and I'm going to start, you know, having some conversations this week and say, listen, I can put all this stuff into webinar base. I can put it into zoom base. Like we can do all of this. I can have it ready for you you know, to go in a couple of weeks. Um, they want that. They need that. So take the innovation and go with it uh, where you can. Um, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm thrilled. And the fact is more people are learning Zoom. The teachers have to learn it right now because a lot of schools are using Zoom to uh, deliver their virtual instruction or they're having to learn, you know, Blackboard or, or stuff like that. So the teachers who are kind of reluctant to do this stuff, there's no choice anymore. So again, this is, this is the disruption, which is helping me out. Now I, I want to get into this part two of, of this additional part. So we already talked about my neighbor is quarantined, My neighbors are quarantined, um, because they came back from a hot spot. So yeah, like that sucks. Um, and the fact that I didn't really know about it, um, so. Until like they 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 willingly told me, but it seems like there should be some kind of formal way to make that known. We talked about face validity, things things are a little more busy here in Doc's neighborhood. Um, you know, just just going out more police, definitely have seen more police. Um, and I've seen a lot more activity at the hospital, although that could just be people going to the hospital, their their front parking lot. Um, stores have picked up a little bit, maybe about 50 percent. Nothing really happening at the armory though, so. And there was a rumor going around town. So get this, like everybody's like, Hey, they're going to be shutting down like the recycling center and garbage pickup. That never happened. Right. I had people tell, I had people telling me I'm out for a walk. People in my neighborhood are like, did you hear that the, the state line, the state border shut down? I'm like, I don't hear that. I'm pretty connected. How the hell did I hear that? Was it was on news. No, it wasn't on the news. Somebody like somebody went down and they got they turned around at the state border. I'm like, Man, So that didn't happen, right? That didn't happen. Oh, the other part too is like, did you hear like the county borders are going to be shut down? Like, it's, this is a, it's not happening. One, like it hasn't been a decree, but like, how would you actually do that? You have all of these different ways to cross into the counties and you're not going to deploy your police to enforce this type of thing. Like there's other ways to do that. The other ways of just to be, to publicly come out and say, listen, For the next 30 days, we're going to track your movements on your phone and your vehicle, GPS, and if you get in the areas that you shouldn't be in, we're going to come up with a notification saying, hey, you shouldn't be here, you got to exit, and if you persist there, then you're either going to get a fine or we're going to stun your device, like your phone, so your phone would only work for like five minutes every, uh, five minutes of every hour for like a week or something like that. You did that to spring breakers on the beaches, Um, that would put an end to that behavior, right? So- I think we're going to see stuff like that, but I mean, pe- pe- it's like Orson Welles, um, war of the worlds broadcast. Uh, remember that, you know, it came on and war of the worlds, aliens are stopping through here there. Oh my God, they're coming down the road and everything like that. And people are like, Oh shit, this is bad. People thought it was authentic, right? They're not face validity. They're not going up. It was kind of weird though, because the next day researchers, I think it was from Stanford. Um, went out with a grad students and, you know, psychology research, all people who won't have a job when all of this stuff is done. But um, they, they went out and they were interviewing people. Like, what did you see? What did you hear? What happened yesterday? And people like reputable people, right. You know, <laughs> like said, I saw it. I saw it with my own two eyes. Like it was, it was, you know, this big metallic thing and there's footprints over there in the field. And it was going there to shoot laser beams and fire was everywhere. And it's like, then there's nothing, right. It's never happened. It's just a story. But people have this confirmation bias. So all of us, like, listening right here, I mean, we know it, right? Confirmation bias is um, when you basically only hear the information that backs your position. So, you know, when someone is saying something and you agree with it, you're, like, right on. As soon as they say something you don't agree with, you just, like, just ignore it or just dismiss it. Um, So we've kind of got that way as a society confirmation bias. So, yeah, when people expect there to be chaos, when they expect like more and more and more and more bad news, like they'll just start creating it themselves. They'll start creating the stuff of saying the borders are shut down. I heard the airlines are closing down. This is happening. I did this. I saw that the armory, they're dropping like, you know, crates of stuff. I've heard that story. Like nothing happening over there. There isn't some Apache helicopter brigade (laughs) that's landed in our armory field. I mean, like none of this has happened, but people who are, you know, the, the, this isn't like a 12 year old kid saying this, you know, these like 50 year old people who are, who are uh, and then you press them and it's like, they're always saying, well, I got it from a good source. But again, face validity, if you don't have it from your authentic, you can't go over there. And if, if it doesn't validate, it's, it's not authentic, right? People just go with the sensationalism. It's really dangerous too. It gets really dangerous because people just start to snowball in that. They get really wound up. They get really anxious. They start spreading a lot of of really, you know, false information, getting people terrorized. It's not a good thing. Let me check the chat here. Um, uh, So Bullrush, I can write anything you want. Doc, you don't want to say that to me. Yeah. Um, Maybe not, right? Um, As far as the book. Um, Imagine how much brand authority Zoom is going to get from this. Yeah, Zoom is going to, I mean, Zoom is going to be everywhere. That's just... that's going to be the, the brand that, that, uh, became famous, you know, from this, uh, coronavirus, we helped the country. Um, uh, Nick wrote, we helped the country work from home during the COVID outbreak. Yeah. I mean, zoom's got it right there. That's, that's their marketing. Get it to them. I mean, they're They're going to have a freaking parade, you know, it's going to zoom is going to be everything. Um, Brian uh, wrote uh, very important for everyone to do. I highly suggest that you put out a minimum once a day, a five minute video of ideas you have or observations or more. It gets you feedback, but also gets you thinking. So yeah, I think that's kind of, maybe I need to do that every morning. I, I've been kind of looking at my routine too. I'm like, I think I'm going to change things and maybe do like a morning show. Now, one of the deals is I need, I need an hour to put this in my the time slot i have a time slot on the 405media.com out of los angeles california uh for the last like three years i've been on the 2 p.m slot so it's basically it's a syndicated radio show for podcasts but it gets me exposure and i don't have to pay for it because i always produce you know blog posts and i've kept up on stuff for them uh so that's the thing like i could always do like a five minute update what i do every morning or every every sometime during the day is i text different people or i, I dm them on Twitter and Twitter whatever and what's happening by you what's happening by you and i get updates of what's happening but i think for me yeah it would make sense to maybe go a little more frequently at least for a while getting in the morning doing something like this then maybe pairing it with something something else so um uh all right um Bull rush, you lost your phone in a boating accident that sucks I was in Wisconsin Dells, This <laughs> is my daughter, I'm supervising my daughter's class field trip and they have these, um, the, the, what the hell, like these amphibious vehicles from world war II. they call them ducks, you know, like one sank in Missouri in a storm, I think a year or two ago. But, uh, so anyway, like I'm supervising her class and like one of, one of her teachers like takes this thing and puts it outside of the duck as they're going down the Wisconsin river to like take a picture. And another kid bumps her and she drops it. It's gone. Like you just see it like go to the out bottom of the Wisconsin river gone. That sucked. So sorry about the phone. Um, Brian in the movie cycle, people swear they saw red blood in the shower. scene, even though it's in black and white. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. So it's people it's para. It's like pareidolia too. like people seeing faces on the moon. All of these effects really work well. Um, there's a, there's, you know, for example, there's a video I show when I teach my superintendent law class uh, in fall. And it's, it's a guy who carries a ladder. All he has is a, is like an aluminum ladder. And and the, and he tries to get in different places. And the, the thing is right, that if you're carrying a ladder and you look official, you look like you should be there. You can circumvent all of these safety procedures, all these checks in these places and people just let you in. So he's going all over. You can probably find this on YouTube. It's like a 10 minute video. So, you know, he's, he's going places and he goes to a movie theater and he, he, you know, he's in the front and um, usually he would let people ask the questions first, right? He'd just kind of be looking around he said, can we, can we help you? He said, like, yeah, I'm here. I need to, I need to, uh, uh, fix, um, you know, something in one of the studios. And then he say, well, which studio? They're kind of like drilling down. He's like, I don't know. It was like a C or D and they're like, no, 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 we, all of our studios have names. They don't have like letters. He's like, I don't know. I, what are some of the names so they go down names and like they get to the third one the sierra studio oh yeah it was a sierra studio and then immediately somebody else at the counter is like yeah there's something with the the lights above like the exit sign and the guy's like yeah that's what i'm here for so he's got no equipment right he's got no equipment he's just got a plaid shirt jeans and this this ladder and he walks right in there so that's the thing is you can check you can you um nick is uh urging me to check uh twitter so let me just bring that up over here so hang with me guys so um yeah hey i do appreciate again the follows of the show because uh, i think i've gained 18 um, new followers on youtube and uh all right so breaking news from nick he has an alternative to StreamYard, which he is checking into right now um have i heard of George C. Parker. I have no idea. Is that the guy that made the Parker Pens? Um but uh, I haven't. So, the Strizan effect. I have no idea what the hell that is. I got to I got to look that up. I just some of the stuff I don't know. So, um but um yeah, I don't know. Uh con man, you know, escaping one of his trials by reaching over and picking up a sheriff's uniform calmly walking out. Right. I mean, that's the thing. And right now because now we've gotten a little bit into these type of crises, I mean, we're going to have people doing that. We're going to, we're going to have manipulation of people posing like they are authorities and certain things, access to homes, access to vehicles. I mean, we're going to have some weird stuff, which is going to start showing up. So we have to be very vigilant too of, of checking. I mean, if somebody came to your door and they're, they're wearing a a vest, right? Like a neon vest and they had a clipboard and said, you know, I'm here from the department of, of health, you know, um, multi-jurisdictional, whatever. And I, I need to, uh, come into your house. I need to, uh, inventory, you know, whatever things that you have and make sure with supplies, I, I would say like 75% of the people would, would flat out agree to that. Right. They'd be like, okay, you're from the department of whatever you have multi-jurisdictional. Remember that in uh, Beverly Hills cop, he's it's hell to keep track of them. It's some multi-jurisdictional task force. I don't know who the hell he reports to. You could do it. Like you could. You could do it. You could sell that, and obviously, um, yeah, the stuff being sold online, the stuff that's going to be marketed is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, bull rush. They couldn't do that to you. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think everybody, everybody over here in the chat isn't going to fall prey to something like that, but, but a lot of people will because they they want to comply, right? People natively inherently want to comply. They want to give the benefit of the thought, the thought, I'm not going to get ripped off. This person's not trying to screw me over. Um, so yeah, you're going to have all of these weird, all of these weird things, which are going to really rapidly scale up here. What was it after 9-11? The people's, people would say, I'm a firefighter and they'd show up in New York and I just want to donate my time and help out. And then like a week later, you know, they found out that guy wasn't even a firefighter. <laughs> I got, I got to like work construction, like, you know, somewhere in Michigan and just, you know, came over here and was, you know, riding on the truck for a week. And now we don't, I mean, that kind of stuff happened. Um, it's, it's just, it's just crazy. So let's check out here in the, uh, in, in the, in the room in the chat room. Um, so, uh, Brian, I'm born and raised in New York city. I don't care who you say you are. You're not coming in. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Um, And uh bull rush. People are too agreeable. Yeah. The thing you're right. The thing is, I think people don't question that they're not skeptical enough of anything. Right. this is before all of this happened, but people don't question like, why are you here? Why are you? Why is the purpose? What's the purpose of this? Why are we doing this? Why are you asking me to do this? Because, you know, we were just so conditioned like that was offensive. If you did that, like, you know, we, we can't be skeptical. I wrote about it in school of airs that, you Know the moment you start to do that, people would point to you, and you know, you're elitist, nobody embraces debate anymore, right? That's the thing, nobody we used to teach debate when I was in high school. My brother in 1980, when they had Mount St. Helens erupt, that was the year he graduated. Um, and uh, you know, he would, they had the debate team, right? So, six o'clock at night, you tune in to TV station, Channel 7, and you'd have the different schools and their debate teams. They don't even teach that stuff anymore because, um, you know, it, it doesn't fit with a narrative of everybody always has to be right. And we can't hurt people's feelings and we can't rank things and we can't have, um, I, uh, I, I had a term for it at one point, um, toxic, um, uh, toxic intelligence that we can't demonstrate, um, intelligence, you know, because it was, it was scored, right? Like, you know, one team has hundred, the other team has 40. This team advances to the next round. So just crazy stuff, but we don't, we don't embrace debate anymore. And debate is just becoming informed of somebody else's position, right? It's, it's you learning why they are saying what they're saying, trying to figure this out, putting it in your head. Why are they saying what they're saying? Let them put their position out, which is usually persuasive, like try to, you know, they're trying to get you to agree with them. You're trying to get them to agree with you. But at the end of the day, you can be like, well, I'm informed of the position, but I'm not going to change. Or maybe like they put some stuff out there that you're looking and saying, yeah, this does make more sense. I'm going to alter my position. I'm more informed. And now I'm going to be the adult here and accept this and and go to a better plateau um, where I'm more informed. But, you know, we just don't do that because we're so damn afraid of hurting somebody's feelings and that there always has to be a winner or loser in this versus that we have a quality discussion, a debate, we're skeptical. And and yeah, we can you know flat out at face validity. I mean you can look at some things and say your argument like oh, this doesn't make sense. Like how can we do this? Like <laughs> I mean, right. And we're gonna forgive all student loan. Well okay that's an interesting argument, right? But if we forgive all student loan, the money just gets paid through all of our taxes right that just comes back onto everybody else so it's not like this this jubilee that we wave the wand and everything is gone i mean so it's that that type of stuff so let's go over in the chat um so over in the chat uh bull rush cynicism is a superpower nowadays yeah absolutely absolutely it's it's just it's i mean that's the thing too um Working with school administrators, I I I just can't, I need to remind them, you know, you, this isn't a position that when you when you elevate up to this position, um, you still have to, you you have to be a good steward of um, not only the finances, right, but you have to be good to people. But there's so much modeling out there of in society of like, you know, you you become a cynic once you move up, kind of a cynic in chief. Um, Borish, I did debate all years, four years, nice. So people are terrible arguing. Yeah. So even like the basic argument skills, like how do you, how do you found, or fundamentally, how do you put together an argument with, with somebody? Um, and, and these are things that could be reintroduced into schools, right? Like since we're virtual, virtual schooling our kids, as a lot of parents are, you know, I'm going to teach my kids uh, debate. We're going to structure a debate we're going to do some debate lessons are going to figure out the topics that they want to do but i'm going to teach them the art and the skill of debate because you're always going to use it um you know whether you're trying to you know buy your first house your car you know you're you're getting informed with your co-workers on on something or you're trying to make business decisions you have to know how to debate um nick uh toxic conformity yeah that's a good way to put it too toxic conformity um and again, wrote about it in, in school of Airs. you know, this whole thing of, um, it was to the point in a lot of school districts around here when FIED class started or recess and you used to pick teams like, Hey, it's kickball. And I'm going to pick, you know, Dave's going to, Dave's going to go fourth or whatever, but you know, this whole thing, they can't, they couldn't pick kids. Like that was out. You can't pick kids. You have to randomly draw out of a hat or you have to like give kids a number and then you have a a random number generator. I can't make this stuff up. Like actually that type of stuff. So it's like, Hey, you're number seven, but per like the random number generator thing, like you're first today. So you get to I mean, this stuff that doesn't replicate in real life, like that never happens in real life. Um, So it, it just is totally crazy. But I think that stuff is, is going to, we're having this, this, the sweeping of the slate right now. And that stuff's going to have to go. Um, this, this, it, we're going to have to get back to, to meritocracy and, and some stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so, Hey, Atham, welcome Atham. And by the way, a big shout out to Atham, um, Atham, uh, got me some information on cave rescues. So, uh, every year or every other year, there's a, there's a guide, um, that forensically looks at like cave rescues across the world. And, uh, so I really appreciate that. One of the cool things with cave rescues is that's always a small group deal. Like you can only send a couple people down. So you got to really get in the minds of what is, what is happening. Um, you suck at kickball. Um, no, I actually was really good at kickball. I just did fourth not to make anybody else feel bad in here. I was really, I was really good at kickball, but, um, but yeah, so here's, so here's, here's another part. Um, you know, we we've had all these curriculums, uh, not curriculums. We've had, we've had PBS Kids, right? Come on and say, hey, go to PBS Kids online for for free lessons and all of this stuff, like free lessons, free things. People will realize though, there's a few things going on right now. One is some of the major districts, some of the major districts um, are reporting that they've been now virtual schooling for the the second week and about 60% of the accounts have been accessed. They've logged in, like parents have logged in, but like 40% haven't. So that's another part that we have to to realize is some people have just said we're going on summer vacation. You know, basically we're not going to, we're not logging in or if we do things, it's just going to be stuff, you know, that we deem it's not going to be part of any of the school type curriculums. So, that's why this isn't going to be graded. It's going to be a really weird semester. And for you know I, I was telling my wife this. so they had on the local news it was a principal and he's reading a book, you know Green Eggs and Ham or whatever it was to and he he was reading it uh, to students oh virtually, right? And I said, you know that that's a good story for right now. like that's a good story to to kind of show some normals here, self similarity, right? That's not a curriculum like anybody can read. A parent could read a book. You can find it online or whatever. But a curriculum is is deeper, right? You know, for younger kids, how to decode words and all of these things. And it really gets intense and stringing together different themes. So there's a big difference between these various enrichment things, which you can dabble in. People will exhaust those in a week or two. And pretty soon then the kids will be like, I don't want to do this anymore. And the parents will be like, okay, we just did our virtual field trip to Washington, D.C. and, and hiking through Yellowstone and, you know, whatever it is. That stuff's going to bore pretty fast. So there's going to be this thing no one is really set up, unless you've already homeschooled, to, to get into this virtual curriculum. So that's something I just want to point out because we're going to see, I think come this fall, across the country, I would say 10 to 15% of all parents, um, who have their kids attending brick and mortar schools are going to move them to virtual school because they're going to be familiar with it. Like they've experienced it now. And I think they're going to want to keep that self similarity going. And there's a, there's a number of, of, you know, factors I think that are good to that. Like I, I appreciate what we're able to do with, with our daughters, how we're able to, to, um, you know, customize, tailor the education, and then also not be hung up by all of these different, you know, regulations and crap in the state testing and all of that stuff, which is just garbage and eats up time and, and stuff like that. So I think this is going to, you know, put a forever change in that. Let me check over in the, in the chat. Um, Athlon depends on the rescue. Most are small, a few are large, like the one Thailand. Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have generalized that. Um, I think what I found interesting is some of the rescues though, um, we're, we're small. So it's a team of like three or three or four. Um, just thinking of like, if there's a school, um, assailant response, you know, there's, there's hundreds of people like responding to that call. So I think you got to really have a different mindset, you know, when you're going in, what resources you're going to take, what your plan's going to be. Anyway, it's really cool. Athens, At just thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and um, Brian, this event will cause many to be lost in society and the and the mainstream. Be it parents, kids, general populations, just can't and won't keep up moving forward due to the loss of hope the coronavirus has caused. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I think so. Um, what I what I do is every three days I record a ten minute video for my uh, parents and. And for uh, some of our relatives who don't use FaceTime and Skype like that, because my parents don't use Skype or FaceTime and they have no virtual thing, but they do have a computer and they can get um, a video that I can post out there and and share. So um, and I just do it. Here's what's happening is the family, you know, some of the activities that we're doing, because otherwise it's pretty easy to get isolated. Right. You don't they don't have that connection with us. You can do a phone call. You can send some pictures, but at least this way it's something they can play over again, and they're saying, we really appreciate this. And I've, 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 the moment this started, I said, I will do a video every three days and I will send it out to these certain people, which are mostly like older elderly relatives. And I'm going to update you. It's not going to be anything negative. This isn't my face validity check, but so if you've got the ability to to do that, I guess all of us do, um, do it. And I think it's going to be also an interesting thing to look back on. I actually have a folder, a computer folder, um, quarantine videos. And then I just date every video that i that I make. but um and you're right, Brian. I think I think people are gonna have a hard time, um, yeah if, for one, I mean fiscally, if the, if this hits you, I had I, I had somebody to share this story before, but I had somebody who contacted me um, maybe a week or or ten days ago when the market started to shed like two thousand points a day, you know, like just crazy stuff. and um, and they're like, you know we we just retired. And, you know, we always knew you're kind of good with finances, although like, I don't know what that is, but, um, and they're asking for advice. Like, what should we do? I'm like, I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you to sell. I can't tell you to do that. But, um, what they did is, so the market dropped, right? Dropped like 30%. They sold everything. They sold like everything that they had in their, in their late fifties and they just retired. Now they have to live off this stuff. So it's people like that that are like, oh my God. I mean, like, how are you going to, how are you going to get back to that? And yeah, elderly people, um, you know, trying to get back into society as it kind of gradually reopens, and how this whole social distancing is going to look—it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. And I was—I was going today. I was out, out on the high school um, track. I was recording the. Uh, I can see. I can see the high school from the track and, and the, uh, the medical center and all of that. Into, and so I was doing this this recording. Started to rain, but I'm looking up at the bleachers at the football field, and you can see two thousand two hundred people on the bleachers. But of course, like everybody's like right next to each other, just like Lambeau field. You know, I went to Lambeau field always in in the nineties and uh, you know, you're just packed in there. 80,000 people shoulder to shoulder. How in the world is that going to kind of restart? I I just don't know, but um, I also, uh, yeah, Brian, I think the loss of hope again is it's important to note because I'm seeing that manifest in people. I would identify like, typically is being stable right um, that that i've known who start to fabricate these these scenarios which just aren't happening like you know just telling me very impassioned you know that the border is shut right that the the we're, they're not going to pick up our garbage this is the last week and then they're not going to pick up our garbage i'm like oh. you know but they 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 are just they're losing this face validity they're losing their touch with reality They're, they're no longer being skeptical. I think they've just, um, this velocity of information, which I talked about in a, in a recent, um, podcast, I mean, they've just been hit with so much that it's kind of got them off kilter, you know, and they're kind of like over here, they're like trying to make sense of it. So then they just start generating their own narratives. I think maybe it gives them some sense of control if they're the ones to break the news or to, 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 I I, I don't know what it is, but it's really disturbing because I, I, these are people too, like when you tell them, that's not what I'm hearing, you know, I'm not hearing this or who are your sources. I mean, you don't want to also embarrass people um, and, you know, where they say, I just made it up, like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. But it it is, it's really, it's a, it's something to be aware of. If you have people around you who you deem stable, reliable people who start weaving together these narratives, which just aren't factual. I think it shows that they are, they've lost this touch with reality. Um, and, and of course, once, once you do that, it's really hard to kind of get yourself footed and also, you know, back in, in, um, you know, back in logical, normal scientific thinking um, let's go over in the, ch- the chat. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of local homeschool groups on Facebook to get involved in. Yeah. That's a good point, Bullrush. So I, I think, um, I think homeschooling is going to, to, um, take off, you know, with this and, and in the future. So, you know, these school referendums too, where they built these massive schools and they anticipated they were going to get more kids, like more and more enrollment, more enrollment. That's just not going to be the case. We probably peaked in brick and mortar schools. Like right now, we will probably perpetually be on a decrease of kids attending brick and mortar schools, um, you know, effective immediately. I mean, it's probably just the the reality. Um Brian wrote, We need to be aware of these individuals and do our best to lend a helping hand. Yeah. This is really a time to be um to be helpful and to not be be critical of people. I mean that's like I never when people say to me like Dave, the the counties are shutting you know their borders down stuff like I know that they're stressed. So I just, I tell, I just say, that's not what I've heard. So maybe, you know, you have different information, but, uh, you know, kind of reassure them, but I'm not saying that's not accurate. The hell are you thinking? Like, that's not, you're lying or that's not true because, um, you know, they're stressed. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, make them feel bad about that. And, you know, yeah. Continue. I mean, the phone calls, taking some pictures of you know family doing things, especially outdoors, sending it to uh, to relatives. Or if you're playing a you know even like a, a board game, stuff like that. People, when you go to the stores, I mean, people thank thank them. You know, kindness, right? Thank you, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing that. Bring your manners back in with you because I mean, these people now, there's less people out there doing the jobs. They're being they're being stressed out. They're being put you know to the max of working more hours. And even like, I'm doing some drive-through banking. I'm like, you know, just, I put my stuff in a little container, it goes, shoop, and then it goes back into like where the bank is. And I'm like, that's, I'm not sure how, you know, safe that is as far as like a virus because um, you know, the, the, I, they're, they're handling documents, which I just had in my hands, um, you know, 10 seconds ago. But um yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is, is to be, as Bullrush said, uh, Bullrush, I'm a well-mannered asshole. Yeah. I mean, there's no need to be, um, to be mean, I mean, to people. And, and it, we just see too much of this in, in society. Just if you have a chance to say a nice word, to do something nice, I mean, just do it. Um, so Bullrush wrote, uh, my cigar shop was still open. Yay. Essential service. I noticed my, uh, the, the liquor place, um, down the the road here is also open. So my neighbor, um, owns it. My other, one of my neighbors who's not on quarantine as far as I'm aware. Um, yeah. So, um, Bull Rush, why, if you don't embarrass them, they'll do it again. Yeah. I mean, I guess these are people I, I know and I, I would guess, I think they're, I think they realize it right. When I, when I pointed out, and I'm a pretty reliable source. And if I say that's just, that's not the, that's not the intelligence I have. That's not the Intel I've, I've got. Um, I've had nobody tell me that, that, you know, when I leave, they're thinking, yeah, damn it. I shouldn't have said that to I shouldn't be saying that, you know? So I'm guessing, I, I think that's going on. Like no one's tried to ramp it up with me and said like, I've got it. I'm going to have them send a picture or things like that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. So, um, Anyway, let's let's kind of get into wrap up mode here on on this show, and I'm just going to go through the four or four points again. Is one is, yeah, my neighbor, um, in my one of my neighbors. All right, one of my neighbors said, Dave, um, my family is quarantined. So just so you know, we are quarantined for fourteen days. So yes, and my question with that is like, how does postal know about that? How does UPS any carriers, the delivery takeout? I mean, th- there seems like there should be a way that that should be more known or that somebody just doesn't go over to the house. Right. So how do we do that? I think we've got to get to this point pretty fast of, of just making people aware If this, you know, in, indeed now has become this issue of public health. We've got to be a little more transparent if somebody is is quarantining. I, I just think we we have to do that. Um Second thing is face validity. Told you what was happening around my neighborhood. Um, I'm seeing more police out on patrol and I am seeing uh, more people in the parking lot at the uh, hospital stores up about 50%. They were about 30%, not much happening at the armory, but so really, you know, kind of watching, seeing what's happening there. Um, I told the story about bell labs. So go back. I, I put the article in the, in the link on the side here. Um, it's called idealized design. Let me go with the title again here. Um, idealized design, how bell labs imagined and created the telephone system of the future. That was Russell Aikoff. You know, it was in the 1950s. Again, bell labs got their main engineers together in a room and the head guy comes out and says, all of the phones were destroyed overnight. And basically what he's just telling people is like, forget Like phones ever existed and then send teams off of engineers and you just go create like what would be a good phone. And that's how we got where people said, here's a calculator. Like we could use the touchpad on this to like actually, yeah, we could. And then call waiting, caller ID, all of this stuff came out of that. We're probably at a point like right now where we're going to be this way. It's like ventilators, right? And and face masks and stuff. Like, why the hell can't we just 3D print some of this stuff? Why can't we just say we're just gonna open source or open code some of this, or we're gonna give incentives and 3D print and I mean some of these things, like right? So um Another one is uh, so we talked about uh, about Bell Labs, and for those of you who might have missed it at the start, but I did buy buy this, and um, it's a it's a battery. It's a from Anchor A N K E R. It's actually really good. It works really well, um, so I recommend it. But I bought this for our trip. Jesus, like everything is like counterintuitive, like the way that you do it in the camera. Like if you move this way, it comes closer. But so I bought this for a trip to Disney, which never happened. Uh, and um, you know, full fly out on March sixteenth. but so I'm, I'm I'm thinking as soon as this thing arrived, I'm like, I can't bring that on a plane. It looks like plastic explosives. <laughs> I mean I can't do that. There's just no way I can do this. Um, i just I just can't. so I had to I ordered another one smaller and that was blue that I could bring with me, um cause, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't I don't need this hassle. The other thing is that I'm thinking okay. So yeah, let's say I get it through the airport. I pull this out at Disney and put it on on a table and you know start to mess around with it. Yeah, I'm uh, security's coming up to me right away. So this is just it was it would look good like when I bought it like I thought it was a good good thing to go with the color, but yeah. De- this if, definitely you do not want somebody carrying like this openly around with them in the airport if it's like red. But it's just right. Just face this is just a crazy thing. So I'm going to use it for biking or it's not going to make a difference. And then, you know, just the thing too is like, if you, you know, your virtual schooling, you know, hopefully your school, if your kids are going to school, now they're home, you're getting some help with that from the district. But just know, you know, there's PBS kids, all this stuff. That's enrichment stuff. It's all good, but it's not a curriculum. So actually do a little bit of research, check out some of the Facebook sites for homeschooling, things like that. What is an actual curriculum? So you're kind of moving and building some skills with your kids. I'll tell you one thing with my daughter and we'll wrap it up with this. So my youngest daughter is making a documentary and it's a documentary about uh, basketball, right? So it's who started basketball. They got the measurements for the court, uh, you know, all of this stuff. So we've been researching it. She's going to take the camera. Actually, I gave her, I gave her an old camera. We had, you know, like a point and shoot that also had video. So if she drops it or something, that's fine. This one we'll we'll use too, but we're gonna set up and we're gonna film some of this stuff, Um, you know, basketball courts, we're gonna film some of the different things. And then she's going to, we're gonna edit this. Like she's gonna learn uh, Camtasia, like which is the most basic program. It's the one I have, Um, we're gonna edit it. We're gonna learn how to level sound. We're going to, I mean, all these things, like it's really cool, Um, a rubric, how we're, just you know the mathematics of it, the science of it, the technology side of it, the persuasive side of it, and but this is what she wants. She's interested in this, so it's a really cool activity. And again, you know, if you have your kids, you've got your technology. Think of doing stuff like that. I mean, it's just really cool, really cool stuff. Now I know all this stuff is out there, like you know, like these virtual field trips, right, Nick? Like, hey, you don't we don't have to take the field trip to Washington D.C. We can just log online and do it. Yeah, to some extent, like right now. That's okay. Like you have to do that. But it's not in in it. It's not a substitute for the real world environment. Right. It's not a substitute. So as soon as these restrictions start to get lifted, we got to get kids back out into nature, back into parks, back into things like that, where they can have these authentic experiences and not these these not overwhelmed or not overloaded with these virtual. Aaron Clary's book, Reconnaissance Man, our good friend Cappy, Aaron Clary. uh, But yeah, he wrote Reconnaissance Man. I have the book. I I I love it because he talks about you know you're 18, 20 years old. You should be out traveling the country. Go to different parts. You know, drive to to the northwest. You know, drive to the, the southwest, northeast, whatever, um, and check these places out. Like just stay stay in your car. Stay like budget you know, places and, and take it in. Hey, do I want to live here? What do I want to do? Like I'm into, you know, I'd like to bike. I'd like to rock climb. Well, you probably don't want to live in Hibbing, Minnesota because you don't have mountains and it snows, you know, most of the time. So you want to be somewhere where it's warm. You're able to do that. So that whole thing with reconnaissance is going to be a little bit trickier too, because like people are going to be like, I don't want to, I don't want to, it's going to be weird to open travel up again, right? Like it's just going to feel weird to open travel up again. And people aren't going to want to get real far from home. Also, like they're always going to want to be able to get back, but we're going to have to really encourage people like close to us to do reconnaissance. So, yeah, folks. um, Hey, um, Brian, Atham, Bullrush, Nick. And, uh, you know, just let me make sure I'm not not missing anyone. I know this was an impromptu. Like after I saw that. um, Okay, so after after I saw that Masculine Geeks uh, show um, got ended early. I was like, yeah, it's been a while since I've done a live stream. I'd like to get one out there. And especially, yeah, having the quarantined neighbors. So I'll give you an update on that I'm, I'm, because uh, I'm going to probably will see them out. And I'll just kind of yell over, like, hey, how how are other people finding out about this? Like, what are, what are you supposed to do if you, like, get pickup, right? <laughs> what are you supposed to do if you order from, you know, um, pizza pit and and are they, they drop stuff off, you know, like the quarantined deal. I mean, I, I, I don't know, like there's, there's no, there's, there's really no guidance and there's nothing coming out at this, on the state at that. So, um, anyway, uh, take care everybody and please subscribe to the safety doc podcast. Just go up there, hit subscribe, um, help get your friends, you know, get them to subscribe. Nick's going to be on the show soon. Very soon. We're going to talk about, um, when the colleges shut down, what that looked like that rapid pace and also how to prepare yourself for that. And also kind of some of the marketing that you're going to see, um, right now. And, um, yeah, just take care of yourself, find your Taurus, find yourself similarity, live well, be good. This is my green coat. It's cold down here. Appreciate everybody following this uh, show and supporting the podcast. Take care, everybody. This has been the safety doc podcast with author, radio show host, and leading safety expert, Dr. David Perotin. Remember to check back each week for the latest, best, and most bizarre practices in safety preparation and crisis response. You can find Dr. Perotin on Twitter at SafetyPhD. And remember, the truth will keep you safe.